0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chat bot, may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Hi, everyone. Uh, we are back live. This time we are talking sleep with sleep <laughs> expert Alana McGinn. Um, hello, hello, hello. 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 So I, I don't know, and Elena is a fan of the program. She she knows all about the program. So we can talk about that, but um let's introduce you. Uh, many of you may know Julia Glowinski. She is one of our sleep experts as well. Um we are just expanding our roster and we are so excited to have you. Um so why don't you introduce yourself? Um, yeah, let's let start with that. Who are well, you? Well, I am you? super <laughs> where, who are you? So I'm super excited to be here.
0: This is my I think I've lost track. It was a year. This program. So I started well, a year ago today. Amazing. Well, not today, but with the fall program. Yeah. 2021 was when yeah. I started. And I've been taking it ever since to maintain. Um, love it. Uh, my name is Alana McGinn. I am CEO and founder of Goodnight Sleep Site. Uh, We are a family sleep consulting practice. We work with babies, two adults, two major corporations uh, to help them sleep better, working with sleep hygiene, sleep coaching, stress management, all those fun things um,
1: with the goal of helping the family or individual uh, get a great night of sleep. You know what I love that you just said there? Like I get babies and I get people who have sleep issues like sleep apnea, insomnia. I get it. But like there's like, what about us? all in between. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, I think, I think just as you said that, that kind of clicked, like we need to normalize that everybody at no matter what age, what, you know, whatever you can have sleep issues, especially now, do you find that this is more of a, an epidemic people, um, not getting the sleep that they need is how long you've been doing this for? So I've been doing this since 2007 Um, now to,
0: to, to go with what you were first saying, our most, one of our most popular programs is our tweens and teens program. Um, Mm -hmm. that is a, that is a sleep deprived generation for many different reasons. Um, and that's really what got me into kind of expanding our services and our programs and our education. Um, you know, we were working with babies and toddlers and we had grandparents and adults coming to us saying, um, my kids sleep great, but we're not sleeping great. Or my, you know, my, uh, my tween and teen isn't sleeping great, you know, nine to 18 years of age. Um, so it was important for us to really encompass the entire family. And yes, uh, we are definitely seeing the past three years. Our sleep has definitely taken a hit. Now I do also believe we were a sleep deprived society prior to the pandemic. Um, but I do think that, um, For obvious reasons. Our services and our programs and our education. That's just Um, me.
1: That's just me. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: is that me? Um, Yeah. We've, we've seen sleep struggles with everything going on in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: All right. So I have a whole list of, and we'll, we'll, we will give your contact information where people can follow you and find Wonderful. you at the end of the segment. And then once we repost it, um, we'll share as well. But I've been making a list. There's a, there's a, the big list of all the questions I love that it. want I love it. to ask you. So let's start with the basics. Why do we need sleep? Like, do we even need it? People always say, oh, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I mean, I'm thinking you're going to be dead sooner rather than later if you don't sleep. Like why, why do we need that? Is that saying even true? Like, do we even need sleep? Like what's the deal with sleep?
0: So here's the thing. I like to look at the pillars of health, right? Um, when I, and we were talking about this a little bit before, really there's three main pillars.
1: There's nutrition,
0: there's yeah. exercise and there's sleep. Um, I like to add a fourth pillar, which I think is stress management, even going as far as maybe adding a fifth and that's connection. If we've learned anything in the past three years, it's how important connection is yes. um, for overall health and well being. Um, and we tend to not put so much of a value as we do now nutrition as we know is important um movement as you know is important but we don't value sleep in the same way when I kind of look at these three pillars more as a triangle because when we're not sleeping well we're not making great nutritional choices our body tends to crave more carbs more sugars we're not able to digest and metabolize our food as well Movement. We don't have the energy to move. You know, what is our day-to-day life feeling? How does our quality of life feel when we haven't had multiple nights of poor sleep, or we have yeah. had multiple nights of poor sleep? Um, we don't want to go to the gym. We don't want to move our body. So sleep is really important on top of what's happening inside of us. You know, sleep is something that is still being so largely researched. Um, we still don't exactly know actually what happens while we are sleeping. But what we do know is our body is able to repair itself. It's able to restore our energy. Um, we are able to, I always say, think of your brain as that filing cabinet, you know, it's able to kind of consolidate those memories and file away those memories and everything that you've learned, um, in that day, but then also so cementing it all in, but then also creating that brain as that sponge to prepare for the next day. Mm. Um, as you know, so much repair and recovery goes on while we're sleeping. So sleep is definitely an important component that I'm happy to see. I would say within the past five or seven years, starting to gain the same traction and importance and value that our other pillars of health do, which is good
1: yeah like you know a few a few groups ago because I've been doing this a while yeah. now pre-pandemic there wasn't really a lot of emphasis on street sleep or stress and then yeah. like there's a noticeable difference with how people were struggling what was happening in weight loss trends and now now we're putting a massive on Wednesday we're about to talk maximizing which of course a big part of maximizing is managing your sleep and managing your stress and people always say to me well I'm a shift worker I'm a new mom I'm not going to get more yeah. sleep you know and my stress isn't going to go away and the goal is Necessarily get more sleep? Does you get better quality sleep? And the same thing with stress—not to eliminate your stress, just to better help manage it. Okay, so how much sleep do we need? And does is, is that just like hunger levels fluctuate day to day? Does the amount of sleep we need day to day change? Like how much do we need, and is it the same every day? So, I mean, on average, you'll you know you'll read and you'll see that
0: on average adults need those seven to eight hours of sleep. I always think that those are good goals to to obtain. But everyone has—we all have our own personal sleep needs. We all have our own personal basal sleep um, line, right? So, whereas maybe I can function fine on six to seven, maybe you need more of eight or nine. Maybe somebody else watching needs, you know, nine hours of sleep. And yes, it, it does range throughout the day. I think if you can try and and aim for those average seven to eight hours, eighty percent of the time, you yep. can live a well rested quality life, you know, throughout the years for those who are maybe watching saying, you know, maybe not putting so much importance on sleep and saying, well, I feel fine on four or five hours of sleep. What tends to, I always equate it to alcohol. You know, the more alcohol you drink, your tolerance for alcohol increases, right? Well, the less, time you spend sleeping and more nights you do so your body begins to feel fine on four to five hours of sleep because that's just what your body's used to but what could be going on inside your body could be telling you a different story so mm-hmm. you're one of those people that are kind of putting sleep last on the list and saying you know like you said i'll sleep when well i in bed and four i'm good on four or five hours um i would love to see that a bit of an increase now i know with new parents. Things like that, you know, if our kids aren't sleeping well, we're not sleeping well. That's a whole other thing, um, but I think those seven to eight hours are good goals to work towards.
1: So you don't know what you don't know. Similar so when people come onto the program, they think, "Oh, I feel fine. I feel good. I eat healthy," and all of a sudden they start like doing the program. They're like, "Oh my goodness, I feel amazing! Like this is life changing." So it's one of those things. You think that you're getting enough sleep. You think you're fine with sleep. You don't have any issues with sleep. And then when you start to get more sleep, you realize like how much more optimally your body functions with sleep. Is that what you're trying to say with that? Yeah. And you know what, it's
0: funny that you, so I'm going to actually equate it to when we're on your program and we're going through that detox. Like whenever I start your program that first week or two, I feel lousy. I know I'm following the program. I know I'm doing all the steps, but my body feels lousy because I'm going through that detox. So what can happen is when you actually start maintaining healthy sleep patterns and starting to get on average those, those seven to eight hours, when we're when we're sleep deprived, our is in a, a stress response, you know, our cortisol levels are at an ultimate high. So when we start to chip away at that sleep debt and start to get the same amount of sleep, we actually can feel worse before we start feeling better, because our body now starts to actually feel tired when it should now our melatonin levels are where they should be and within releasing when they should be. So it's a similar thing, right? When you start yeah. taking all the right steps, Your body kind of goes into this, like, whoa, what's happening? I'm going to feel like
1: crap before I feel better. And it could be the same for sleep. Yeah. Cause we get that a lot. People are like, I was a good sleeper and now I'm not sleeping. You know, this isn't helping. And then to their point, then they notice more improved sleep. We get this a lot. I thought I was a great sleeper until now. Now I'm sleeping like amazing, right? You're getting that deep. So how do we know that we're getting enough? Like, you know, cause I know people get sleep a lot, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they wake up feeling well-rested. Like what are the signs that you're getting enough sleep? A big factor is just how you feel day to day. Um, You know, if
0: you're now listen, you know, I'd love to say if you're waking up feeling well rested, even if you're getting those seven to eight hours, that alarm clock going off can be difficult, right? Like we're never going to feel bright eyed and bushy tailed the moment we wake up. But how it's more of how do you feel as the day goes on? Um, You know, we all tend to plateau, we all tend to have Um, bouts of low energy and fatigue throughout the day, but are you dragging your feet throughout the day the entire day? So I think a big part of it is looking at how do we feel day to day? What is our quality of life day to day with how we are sleeping? I also think a big part of it is how easily do we fall asleep at night and how easily do we wake up in the morning? Even though you need that alarm clock to wake up in the morning, even though waking up in the morning is never easy, um, you know, you should on average fall asleep within 10 to 15 minutes that you're in bed ah, like whatever
1: uh, whatever
0: <laughs> that's, that's how you know you have a healthy relationship with sleep and that you live a well-rested life so gauging yeah. it off of that more the bedtime and the wake time and just how you
1: feel day to day yeah I I really struggled with my sleep I used to work in my office as you know I've worked in my office I took it all out and moved it all downstairs it's a, it's been a game changer for sure yeah I also, you know, started being a lot healthier with my food choices and exercising and whatever. And I was, I was actually quite sick in, in the, um, in the spring in the last program I remember that yeah yeah, and I had to like I couldn't drink I couldn't eat certain foods I like I had to really like be very mindful and I tell you for the first time probably in 15 years I was actually sleeping and now I've gotten you know some bad habits eating chips at night drinking the wine not managing my stress all over the place you know what I mean I'm like it's all kind of back and I'm I'm now I'm to. I worked out right before our segment um I'm I'm back on trying to pull it all together because the sleep segment really reminded me that I was actually to a place because Tony and I have slept together in the same bed for years he falls asleep dreaming of driving Porsches I don't know he's just like I just dream of driving Porsches and I fall asleep I'm just like what okay <laughs> we try that I'm like we are yeah. wired differently 100% you know and so he would just be sleeping and then I would just be lying there awake and I remember I just started to start to fall asleep a lot quicker and I thought what what is this what like people This is what guys do like just falls like this is what you've been doing fall asleep. It was amazing. And it wasn't really until I knew I had the sleep segment coming. that I was like, man, what happened to that? You know what? Yeah. What well, you know what? I wanted to touch on one
0: thing you said, cause that was one thing that throughout the pandemic, I, you know, sleep, your sleep environment is, is part of what we call sleep hygiene. So sleep hygiene are the steps and practices that an individual takes to sleep better. So things like consistent sleep patterns, having a bedtime routine, setting boundaries on tech and sleep environment it wasn't until we went through the three years of, of the pandemic where I realized how much someone's sleep environment is really, it, it's conversation that I'm having a lot because how well we create that conducive environment really does impact yeah. how well or well or not well we're sleeping. And what we saw was that more and more people were working from home, people yeah. who have never worked from home before. I've worked from home for years. So I've grown accustomed to setting those boundaries and creating those, those, those areas that, you know, I just say for, for sleep, for hanging yeah. out, for yeah. working. Um, but for someone who's been kind of thrown and many people were just thrown into working from home, creating those boundaries were hard. And what happened was our sleep environment became that room in which, like you said, it became our home office, it became our kids' classroom, the room that we worked out in, that we watched TV in, that we did everything in, but not sleeping. Yeah. And such a big part of being able to fall asleep easier in bed is really creating a strong association between your bed and your room. And you can do that in different ways. So clearing out the clutter for some of us, our rooms, you know, we're still working remotely. Our rooms have to be our home office. And I understand that, but clear that clutter away, you know, move all of that away so that you're not staring at it. When you go to bed, when yeah. you do go to bed, so many people will say, Oh, I'm fine. I go to bed at 10, 1030. But what are you doing when you go to bed? Are you surfing on your phone until midnight, right? So for that hour and a half, we're spending awake time in bed. And what that does is that weakens that association between sleep and our bed. So we'll talk about tech. I'm sure tech will come up in this conversation. So I won't get into it too much right now. But creating a great sleep environment. And like you said, sharing a bed. If you share a bed, what is happening on your side of the bed should be specific to your sleep needs. So that comes down to your bedding your pillows that you use, what's on your night table, what you need, the tools you need to sleep might not be the same tools that your partner needs to sleep Mm. and that's okay. So making sure you're customizing your side of the bed to you.
1: Yeah, Sleep environment's huge. I will say about that, it's not my sleep environment. It's not my sleep environment. I was really resistant to that and I did not notice it until I removed it. And and I moved myself in that basement. I got some nice things, you know, I made it look nice, uh, whatever. It was a work to do it, but it was well worth it. And I had the space and luxury to do that, but I didn't really know until I did it. And then what I noticed immediately was when I walked into my room, it was a different kind of vibe and energy that was like exuding from me and how I used to like see my space. And I love what I do. But I would see my space and immediately tense up. Think oh, I got to do this. And I got to do that. I got to get, 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 it. You do know what I mean? And it had all of these things. And it wasn't until I really removed it, that it was like, I walked into my room and I was like, what the, what the heck is, like, what is, what is, <laughs> you know, you want to create, you, I would argue, yeah, you, I would argue. Yeah.
0: This. You like, want to create, like, you want to walk into your room and feel that sleep, like sanctuary, like whatever you need to do, like this is your space. This is your space in which you are going to be sleeping in which you are going to be relaxed um, and creating that calm environment. So whatever you can do, you don't have to spend a fortune to do it, but whatever you can do, it could be just something as simple as, like I said, you know, covering up your computer. Like I I understand logistically, some people don't have the space to do that, but you know, hiding it. So you're not looking at it or really just being firm with your boundaries on you know, having that clock out date or that clock out time, you know, I will not work past this time. I will not check emails before I go to bed. More companies are talking about it too. We do a lot of corporate talks and, um, more and more companies are that I'm so happy to see are putting a lot more, uh, importance on overall employee sleep wellness. Cause it's a game changer, you know, for, for the, I would say it's a game changer for your business plan, a well-rested employee, more creative, more productive, um, less turnover, less sick days, all of those things.
1: Yeah, tech wasn't even on my list, I think, because I just want to be in denial about it. But when I was getting that good sleep, I was leaving my phone in my office every day. So I would leave it there and then I would just go. And I knew the kids would, if the kids needed to call me, they would call Tony or whatever. And, um, I've been back I, as people know in the group, I'm like answering questions at 11 o'clock or, you know, 12 o'clock, when do you know, one o'clock in the morning, my team's gone home and I'm still in there answering questions. I can't help it. I love it. But yeah, like, you know, I'm winding down and then I go to just set my alarm and I pick up my phone. I pop into the group half hour later. that that's definitely, I mean, I think we all know, cause we've been told a million times over that we shouldn't be on our phone. We shouldn't even be watching TV, but be on our phones. Is there a general rule though? Does it have to be like an all stop? Can it be like 20 minutes before bed, a half hour, hour? Like, is there any wiggle room on that? (laughs) So here's the thing. Two years ago, Alana would be like, no,
0: get it out of your bedroom. There's no wiggle room. At least 60 minutes before you go to bed, you should be turning off all tech um, for different reasons. One is, you know, we want to remove that blue light, that bright screen. I always say, think of your brain as having that sleep switch, right? That bright light and that sleep and that, um, Uh, blue light and that bright screen turns the sleep switch off in our brain so yes people will argue well I fall asleep great to the tv you're sleeping but again you mentioned it too quality of sleep right your body's sleeping but your brain still thinks it should be awake so you're not getting the right quality of sleep on the other side is what are we consuming right before we go to bed right the news social media work your mind is just going 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 um but as a mom of children I mean my kids are older now I've got tweens and teens um as a a business owner myself I understand the importance of those evening hours when my kids are like off doing their thing chores are done dinner's cleaned up work is done like I want to watch a freaking show I want to text with my friends I want to mindlessly scroll TikTok if I want to so I always had a really hard time telling especially women I will say I know there's some men in the group but especially women and moms Don't, don't look at your tech at night because those evening hours are gold, right? So the new Atlanta is now saying, let's set some boundaries because we still need to be cognizant of the information that we're bringing into our minds, our body and minds before we go to bed. So if news is triggering, if you're more sensitive to the headlines and let's be honest, all news is triggering right now. Maybe don't watch the news right before you go to bed. You know, this isn't me giving you permission to watch an entire season of a show, but just watch like if there's one show that just makes like, don't watch Dahmer on Netflix right before you yes. go to bed. Yeah. I just finished that show and that show's heavy. That's yeah. not a bedtime show, but yeah. if there's a show that makes you feel light and airy and just makes you kind of forget any problems or worries you might have, like watch an episode before you go to bed. It's fine. If there's a friend that fills your tank, let's stay away from the friends that deplete that tank before uh. we go to away or family members or social media accounts or whatever, you know, um, uh, curate your news feed, your, your social media feeds to to help you feel good before you go to bed. So set those boundaries. If you're really struggling with sleep and you know that tech is an issue for you, um, the
1: best thing you can do is remove it. You yeah. know, you really people, at the end know. of the day, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like I know. Okay, um, is there is there such a thing as too much sleep? What about that? What about people get, Is it can, can you get too much sleep? There
0: could be some red flags. If we're seeing individuals sleeping too long, Uh, there are certain sleep disorders that we need to look out for. Mm -hmm. If you are finding, you know, I I talked a little bit about how you're feeling the next day, daytime sleepiness, um, you know, feeling fatigued and low energy. If you are feeling like you're getting your seven to eight, even maybe nine hours of sleep. You're feeling like you're following all the rules. You're doing it all right. But throughout the day, you're exhausted. And I'm not just talking about low energy. We all have days like that or even fatigue. I'm talking about you're falling asleep at a red light. You know, you are having a meeting with someone and you cannot keep your eyes open. That to me signals that something is happening at night. You're not getting the right quality of sleep at night. And that signals to me maybe a possible sleep disorder like sleep apnea um, that's worth having a conversation with your doctor who would then refer you to have a sleep study done. Um, sleep apnea does not discriminate. Uh, you know, often we think it's overweight ma- males, overweight, older males. It could be men, it could be women. It could be all body sizes and shapes. It could be all races. It could be children. Um, yeah. so it is one of the most common sleep disorders, one of the most, um, commonly undiagnosed sleep disorders, And a sleep disorder that can, when untreated, can have uh, really uh, high risk, uh, long-term health risks. So uh, it's, it's, again, conversation with your doctor to have a sleep study done to rule anything like that out.
1: Okay. So you say, what about medications and stuff? Like I know my, my, so I have a daughter who's anemic and, and she's also mm-hmm. low in vitamin D and those two are just a recipe for crappy sleep. Like she's tired all yeah. the time. She doesn't even sleep. Like, so that's a deficiency. Obviously we're working on getting our iron and, and vitamin D levels up. but what about medications too? Like, I guess any kind of imbalance internally with the body deficiency or, or too much, maybe our medic, are there medications that, that can mess with sleep that people might be taking as well? Like maybe I think, I so mean, that, I don't know uh, any
0: medications. Yeah, I don't know any medications offhand that I can say will definitely affect your sleep, Um, but absolutely any kind of deficiencies. um, You know, I know magnesium is a big part of this program, which I love. It's something that, I, you know, a supplement that I work in, um, I always say it's my M, I think melatonin's on your list, which I'm sure we'll get to, but it's always my M supplements that I do recommend for great sleep. Um, okay. Health Canada has stated 43% of Canadians are deficient in, in magnesium. So I think it is such an important supplement, but again, these are conversations to have with your doctor uh-huh. or with your yeah. naturopath or with, um, but yeah, there's definitely medications that can affect your sleep, um, whether it's um, uh, you know, cardio- cardiovascular medications. Um, we also see medications with, um, children with perhaps like ADHD that can affect their sleep when we're talking about children and, you know, well, children and elementary age school children. Um, so there's definitely medications that can affect your sleep. And if you feel like that's happening, that's again, worth talking to your doctor, talking to your naturopath and seeing, yeah. um, are there certain different times perhaps that you can take the medications or things like that?
1: Also, you just, you yeah. touched on it, like, but mental health and anxiety, that, that could be an issue where people um, have an underlying issue. Maybe they're not aware of, and they just keep blowing it off as stress and that's affecting their sleep as well. Like, you know, sleep apnea is great. If you, you have it, you kind of know that you have it, there's the signs and symptoms and, and signals of that. But, you know, for so, so many of us, like, how do we know that we're just not like stressing or it's menopause or it's just our sleep environment. And then it's something a little bit more like, do, how would we, yeah. know, do you know what I mean? How would we know it? Yeah, sometimes?
0: Absolutely. We're going into the season of SAD, right? Seasonal Affective Disorder. Um, This is the season where, you know, for someone who could be dealing with a bigger issue in terms of mental health, um, this is kind of a heightened time for a lot of those symptoms and feelings. So I always say, you know, yes, listen, we can all have gloomier days. We can all have days where we're feeling more down in the dumps, more anxious times in our lives, more stressful times in our lives. But if it's something that's really, truly affecting your day-to-day and you feel that it is a bigger issue than just getting a poor night of sleep or just having a, you know, a, a couple stressful days because maybe work is stressful or you're going through with some kind of, uh, you know, emotional or social stress, Um, If it's really affecting your day to day, and it's something that's sticking with you throughout the day, um, whether it's affecting your sleep or not, uh, that's worth have, again, worth having that conversation with your doctor to see what kind of plan you can put together to manage um, that uh, mental health uh, diagnosis, whichever you get.
1: Yeah. Cause let's talk about that. So you go, you're not sleeping. You go to your doctor, you know, obviously therapy could be beneficial. There's sleep yeah. clinics that are available to people that actually you go, you sleep, you stay overnight. They, they study your sleep. There's people like you, you know, who can help counsel people on sleep and sleep ha- habits and environments, I'm sure. So there are a lot of resources out there. People may think like, it's just, oh, I get a crappy sleep. I just have to deal with it on my own. Like there are, did I cover all the resources? 100%. Like what else is out there available for people?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's as you said, I mean, I, I'm a huge proponent of therapy. I think therapy is something that I recently started myself. Um, and p- you can use it for different reasons. It could just be, you know, um uh talk therapy, CBTI. Well, CBT, cognitive behavioral behavioral therapy is a, a great um therapy practice. There also is CBTI for cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia specifically, and those are for individuals who are suffering from long-term insomnia and long-term sleep uh, sleep loss. And this is just again retraining your brain on how you feel about your relationship with sleep and what's, what the, what the underlying root causes are and how to again, just retrain your your thinking patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a huge proponent of that. Um, and just learning coping skills, you know, for me, for therapy right now, I'm just learning coping skills for, for things that are going on in my life at the time. So, you know, people use therapy for different ways and means. Um, but I, I'm all about therapy personally. I think everyone should be (laughs) doing therapy. (laughs) I really do. Yeah. uh, Brain health is so important and we're going to work out and we're going to eat well. Um, we also need to make sure that our, our mind is, is good and, and healthy.
1: So there are people do I love, that. I love that. Um, yeah. can you make up for sleep that you don't get? Look, like, so say I had a crash that that last night. Can I go to bed early tonight? Do I need to sleep longer to make up for it? Can I like stay awake for three days and then like sleep for six? Like, can you make up for sleep that you're not that you didn't get?
0: So I always equate it to a bank debt. So when we talk about sleep debt, that is the amount of lost sleep hours that an individual has. Just like okay. bank debt is the amount of lost money that an individual has. So let's say you have a so you have a sleep debt of nine hours or you have a bank debt of nine hours. Um, Saturday morning, you know what? I can sleep in an extra hour or two. So yeah. great, I've had a really hard night. I've been going to bed way too late. I've been getting up way too early or I've, this has been a long-term issue where I know I'm I have a, a huge existing sleep debt, Um, you know, but it's okay. Saturday, I can sleep in an extra one or two hours. Whereas you have that bank debt of $9, where if you just put in two bucks, one or two hours, $2, you're still gonna have that bank debt of $7. So if you just sleep for those two hours, you're still gonna have that sleep debt of seven hours, right? So you can't just make up for lost sleep with one night, with one morning of sleeping in or with one weekend. It takes you 24, I'm gonna say this wrong because I always do. It takes you 24 hours to make up for one hour loss of sleep. So this is, yeah. So this is where I go back to that 80, 20 routine, um, or sleep patterns that we talk a lot about at good night, sleep Is If you can maintain a healthy relationship and healthy sleep patterns, 80% of the time life happens, you're going to want to go to bed late. Sometimes you're going to want to sleep in a little bit in the mornings. You're going to have a bummy night of sleep. It's going to happen. But 80% of the time, if you're getting your you're meeting your basal sleep needs, you're getting those six, seven, eight, nine hours of sleep regularly. Um, You're going to eliminate that sleep debt and that won't be an issue for you. So you can't just make it up with one week, one weekend, or one day of, of,
1: get a good night's sleep because I know I'm not going to sleep the night before it's just, I'm still going to be tired.
0: Well, I mean, look, I mean, anytime we get a good night of sleep, we're going to, we're going to feel great the next day. We'll not feel great, but we'll feel good the next day. Um, but you can't go into thinking I've lived a life where I haven't valued my sleep. And I know I probably am living with a, a huge sleep debt. Um, but I'll just make up for it with sleeping well two days. Like that—that's that's not really how it works. It's yeah. like—it's like eating, right? I—I I can't just eat crap for my whole life and then in two days of your program be like, boom, I'm done, I'm good. Like that's, good. Not, okay. that's not yeah. okay. That works. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay so then should we aim for the same amount each day should we um can does the time that we go to bed or wake up matter can that change day to day or should we aim for the same bedtime same wake time like how does that work
0: Okay so this is one of my favorite topics and something that I'm talking a lot about lately is consistency patterns cuz you will hear a lot of sleep experts like myself you'll Um, you know, read a lot of articles that say, you know, keep those consistent sleep patterns, going to bed at the same time every night, waking up at the same time every morning, which yes, is very important. It is, in my opinion, probably the first step in proper sleep hygiene. But I want people to understand that it's more important to go to bed when you actually feel tired than when you Uh, just think you should go to bed. So you might think you need to go to bed at nine o'clock because to you, nine o'clock is a good time to go to bed. That just sounds like a good bedtime. But if you're going to bed at nine o'clock and a watching TV, surfing your phone to like 11 or 12, well, you're not going to bed at nine o'clock, right? And in that two hours, again, you're spending too much awake time. We should be spending 85% of the time we're in bed sleeping. Or if you're going to bed at nine o'clock and you're tossing and you're turning and you're not falling asleep, or if you're going to bed at nine o'clock and you're waking up at three o'clock in the morning and you can't fall back asleep, yeah. well, that's, if I can do my rough math. That's those seven hours right there. You went to bed at nine, you fell asleep. Your body's like, I'm good, I'm done. So I, yeah, I would prefer you to shift that bedtime, not when you're dead tired and dragging yourself to bed, but when does your body actually feel sleepy enough to fall asleep? And that might not be till 11. That might not be till 12, but that's okay. Now talking about the morning routine, morning routine, in my opinion, the time you wake up in the morning is more important than the time you go to bed at night. And we often don't think of what time we wake up in the morning or what we do in the morning to be anywhere beneficial to how we sleep at night because this is the morning. So how is that going to affect how I'm going to sleep the next night? But our, our goal throughout the day is building a strong drive for sleep. So think of the moment you wake up, your sleep tank is empty. Throughout the day, you want to focus on filling that tank full, 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 so that by the time you go to bed, it's a lot easier for you to fall asleep because you got a full tank of sleep gas, Right. So how do we do that? We do that by waking up at a, a consistent time every morning, opening up the blinds, immersing yourself in that natural light, um, uh, you know, getting outside, getting moving, moving your body, those 30 minutes of, of, of activity throughout the day, 150 minutes throughout the week, um, getting your body moving. But it's important to fill that that drive for sleep throughout the day so that we can fall asleep easier. So don't only focus on bedtime. Morning is is if not just as important, if not more important than our bedtime.
1: Okay. So first of all, you made me feel so much better, about not consistently going to bed at the same time. So more so go when you're tired, but you want to wake up more consistently during the day now. And you talked about like, like, is it making yourself tired? Like say I haven't been sleeping great. Would it be worth it to wake up even earlier or should I wake up at the same time? And then maybe like, make sure I'm more active. Like what gives you more bang getting up earlier and having a longer day, or is it being more active in your day or a little bit of both? So let's say you've
0: had, yeah, let's say you've had a really bad night of sleep. Okay. What I'd like to see you do is a few things. One, wake up at a, at a usual time. Don't sleep in longer because you haven't had a great night of sleep. Wake up at your usual time. Don't wake up earlier. If you feel like you're going to struggle to sleep, um, at that, at night, the next night. So wake up at the same time, like I said, immerse yourself in that natural light, stay hydrated. I mean, this is your plan to, to boot, right? Drinking that water keeping your body as hydrated as possible. Get your body moving. I know we would think that because I didn't sleep well at night, maybe I woke up earlier than usual. I should therefore take a nap throughout the day because then now I'm tired, right? Or not
1: work out or not be active or I'm too tired. I should really just rest. I like- Just kind of be sedentary all day.
0: That's, that's what we want to avoid doing. So again, we want to fill that tank. And so when we're not moving our bodies, when we're not getting outside in the fresh air, when we're not doing all the things, eating well, drinking the water, immersing yourself in that natural light, we're, we're not filling our tank to sleep. So we're going to struggle even more at night. Or if we're taking that nap, it's like, you're just putting a little bit of gas in and moving a bit, a little bit of gas in and moving ah. a bit. You're, you're stealing from that drive. You're stealing from that, that, that gas tank. So avoid napping throughout the day. If you haven't had a great night of sleep and you want to sleep well, and then go to bed at the usual time at night. It doesn't mean go to bed earlier.
1: Just, just keep to those consistent slat, sleep
0: patterns, go to bed at the same time at night.
1: I love that you brought that up because naps, literally I circled it. It was the, is the, yeah. is the, is the next thing on my list, naps. Can we have them? Can we not? Are you suggesting like don't have them? Like I'm always suggesting people, especially when they're extra tired, the body's making a lot of change, the more sleep you can get whenever you can get it. But is that wrong? Should people be avoiding naps? Is there a time? Is there a place for them? Like, should we just like, what's the story? <laughs> So so I always say if you
0: are someone who has a pretty good relationship with sleep, your sleep overall is good. I mean, sure, you have a couple of bad nights here or there, we all do, myself included. Um, you know, if you feel like one day just taking a nap, there's no harm done. But if you are someone who is really struggling with sleep, and I know and logically you would think those are the people who actually need the naps, if you are you know, not falling asleep. Well, if you're up out throughout the night, you're not getting a good night of sleep. Those are actually the individuals that we want to limit our daytime sleep. And the reason just what I explained, right, we want to, we don't want to steal from our drive for sleep throughout the day that that will in turn, if we stay up throughout the day, that will in turn help us sleep better at night. So those would be the people who I say, avoid the sleep. If you're looking to take a nap, there is a right and wrong way of napping. Many times when we take a nap, you know when you take a nap and you actually feel worse when you wake up from that nap than you did when you originally went went to sleep that's what we call sleep inertia it's kind of like a sleep hangover you're waking up in a in a a period in that cycle of sleep where you're in that deeper state of sleep so you're waking up feeling really groggy and foggy yes, whereas yes. if you just so that's around that 30 to 60 minute mark so avoid the 30 to 60 minute naps yes, okay yeah. if you're going to take a nap first of all commit to the nap get in a good environment like if you're going to take a nap take a good nap. Okay, Commit to the nap. And then look for like a 10 or 15 minute nap, 10 to 20 minutes. Actually, NASA did a study that said the perfectly timed nap is 26 minutes. So if you want to get technical, go for a 26 minute nap. That's going to give you enough sleep or enough quality of sleep. That's going to help you feel re-energized, creative, productive, or go for a full 90. That's our full cycle of sleep. So by the time you wake up at that 90 minute mark, your body has transitioned into that later state of sleep. So you're not waking up so kind of groggy and foggy.
1: Yeah. So if you have consistent sleep issues and really struggling, taking a nap isn't the best thing, but someone, for example, that's starting right. a program their your body's making a lot of change. You know, they want to get, grab a nap. As long as you don't make it too long a nap, that's yeah. that can be beneficial. So it just sort of depends on what your, what your issue is. Exactly. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I'm Good. I, Cause I'm not like, I'm one of those. And like, if I nap, I might as well sleep for 12 hours. Like I get into yeah. that groggy. I doesn't matter five minutes, five hours. I feel the same when I wake up. It's just not it's not my jam for sure. But then sometimes when I'm on vacation and I catch a nap. I'm just like, oh, this is yeah. amazing.
0: Like, and it's so- okay to do it. Like, it's okay to do it when you're on vacation. I mean, I, I've never been much of a napper other than when I was pregnant. I was never much of a napper. Still, I'm still not. Um, that's not to say that I, maybe I shouldn't some days, hmm. um, but I'm the same way. I find it, I, yeah, I just find it dope. It's not beneficial for me, but I know there's some who really like their naps. And as long as it's not affecting your nighttime sleep, there's no reason why you can't do them. Awesome,
1: okay. Um, Let's talk about, so you go to sleep and you wake up in the middle of the night. Now, obviously a lot of people waking up around three o'clock, go pee and stuff with the program, it's quite normal, but you know, you wait, if you do wake up and it's detox, you should be able to get to sleep fairly quickly. You, you woken up, you're awake. I got to go pee. You should be able to get back to sleep. What do we do? Do we sit there? And do we like, cause this, what this used to happen to me, this was like, it was so bad. I'd wake up. Like, I feel like every hour and I'd lie there and just like lie there and be upset yeah. and I'm lying there. Do we lie there? Do we do deep breathing exercises? Do we get up? Do we walk around? What do you do? So you've fallen asleep. And, or maybe should we talk about like, you know, how do you, how maybe let's rewind. Let's talk about you're lying there. You're ready for bed. How long do you lie there and not fall asleep for before you like do something about it? Let's start with that first.
0: So if you're lying in bed, whether it's at bedtime or whether it's the middle of the night and you can't fall back asleep and it's taking you longer than say 10, 15, 20 minutes, it's best to get out of bed and try again. Because again, this goes back to, this is actually a, a form of therapy in the CBTI program. Um, it's, it's best to, again, we want to work on strengthening that association between sleep and our bed. So if we are sitting there, whether it be at bedtime, whether it be in the middle of the night, and we are tossing and we are turning, or we are clock watching, we've all done that, right? You start looking at the clock and you're doing the countdown. If I go to sleep now, I'll get four yes. hours. If I go to sleep now, I'll get three yes. hours, right? And that's just going to strengthen any kind of stress or anxiety that we might already be feeling about things going on in our life. The fact that we're not sleeping and how we're going to feel the next day and all of those things. So regardless of what time of night it is, if it's taking you longer than I would say 20 minutes, maybe even 15, get out of bed, leave the room, do a quiet activity. Don't go on your phone. Don't turn on the TV. Don't flick on every light. All of those things, it only takes seven seconds of bright lights to start suppressing your melatonin. So that's what we want to avoid. Okay. So maybe read, you know, in, in dim light, read a chapter, like a, a couple pages of a book, do a puzzle. If you know that you are someone who struggles with this and you think that maybe you'd be applying this type of therapy of getting out of bed, set up your station before you go to bed in another room. So, you know, if you're a knitter or you're a crocheter or you're doing a puzzle or you're reading a book so that you're not kind of stumbling around for it in the middle of the night. Do that for about 10 or 15, yeah, do that for about 10 or 15 minutes, get back into bed and try again. Um, And you might have to do that back and forth, it might be like a yo-yo thing, but what you're doing is the more times you get into bed, eventually the easier it will be to fall asleep and you're strengthening
1: then that association between bed and sleep. I love that. I love that you talked about melatonin because we talk about this as a reason to not be eating at night. Your body starts producing melatonin, shutting you down. It's getting ready for bed. Similar to how lights will kind of wake you up and stimulate you again. So does eating that'll wake you up and stimulate again. But let's talk about melatonin because a lot of people, a lot of their members had questions about taking melatonin. Should you take it? Should you not take it? I know it can be beneficial for shift workers when they do that 24 hour kind of shift work type of thing. Uh, what's your, what are your thoughts on melatonin? So my thoughts on melatonin is I do feel that there is
0: a time and place for melatonin provided you are getting the proper doses, you're speaking to the right professionals that are, that are um, uh, you know, advising you to take it. Um, you know, like you mentioned shift workers, people who travel a lot, you're going through different time zones, people who are, we talked a little bit about people who are on medications that it's affecting their sleep. Uh, we see it a lot with like ADHD medications and, and things like that. Melatonin plays a role in that for sure, but it's very rare for an individual to be deficient in melatonin. Melatonin is a natural sleep hormone that we all possess. The best way to properly release it in its naturalist form is through our external environment and the the main factor being the light and the dark of the day. So when we want to release that melatonin, our melatonin is what helps um, uh, our melatonin suppression or release is what helps um, sink our natural body clock. We all run off of a 24 hour clock. That clock never changes, so this is why shift workers can struggle with sleep. Um, right. this is when time changes, we feel the effects of that time change because that twenty-four hours just stays at twenty-four hours. Yeah. So when we are, you know, working with the external environment and the factors that help release that melatonin or suppress it when need be, we're helping sync our natural twenty-four hour clock. So, you know, shutting down the lights, um, keeping stimulation low, keeping things nice and dark and quiet and cool um, is going to help release that melatonin. So. I feel because melatonin is so easily to get, it's so easy to get. It's just over the counter. Yeah. People view it as like a sleeping aid. If I take melatonin, it will make me sleepy. That's not how melatonin works. Um, it helps prepare your body for sleep, but it does, it's not like a sleeping pill, right? Um, it's also, it's a hormone at the end of the day. So now you're taking a supplemental hormone That likely isn't being released in your body as it should be. Um, It's probably not the right dose that you actually need to take or that your body needs. If your body even actually needs more, uh, more melatonin than it it already naturally has. Um, So it's not something I normally recommend. I feel like it's being taken too readily um, and and incorrectly. Uh, and, and listen, like anything, the more you take it, the more you get used to it, the less it works, the less effectiveness effectiveness it has. So, um, again, if if I'm going to promote any M it's going to be magnesium over melatonin always
1: love that. Yeah. And I think it's an important sketch. I know there are other sleep aids and drugs and sleep you can take, Mm -hmm. but in melatonin is one that's just easily read Like it's easily available, you know, people go buy it anywhere. And so obviously if anyone's taking any type of sleep aid, they should have this discussion with their doctor. I would 100%. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the shift workers. Um, I'm cognizant of time that we have, but let's talk about shift workers. Cause you know, some of them do a 24 hour shift. They're wide awake What that. What, yeah. I mean, they're working the night shift, then they're working the day shift. Then they're doing a 20 hour, 24 hour shift. Is there hope for them? Like my goodness, like what, what would be your biggest advice for shift workers? Maybe obviously consult someone like yourself would be beneficial for people's own individual needs, but like in general, like do they need it's, to be It's more mindful or like, yeah,
0: it's tough and it's a growing community. We work a lot. We speak to a lot of shift work, um, families and shift work individuals. I always say the two main takeaways for shift workers is listen, you're, you're working the hours you're working. There's, you have no control over that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be against your natural clock. So The best thing that you can do is one set up that environment as best you can. So really put protection around your sleep space and around your sleep hours. Have the conversations with the people that you need to. So if it's family, if it's friends, you know, listen, I need to sleep at these times. Um, you know, it could be something when I say set up the environment, something like if you're driving home in the middle of the day and you know you have to go to bed to, to get to get up for your next shift at night you know, wearing the blackout um, sunglasses, oh. blacking out areas in your home just to get into your bedroom. So really setting that up, that environment for conduciveness, mm-hmm. uh, for tranquility, really setting up that sleep space. But a big part that we see in the shift working community is the loneliness of that community because you're just typically up when the rest of the world is sleeping, when your family and friends are sleeping, the, feel, the feelings of FOMO, right? Fear of missing out, the missing out on just life things because it's when you got it, you're either sleeping or you're working when everybody else is doing the opposite. So I think it's so important to, again, have the conversations with people around you, with family and friends and loved ones around you, but also make sure that, and I'm seeing more and more companies do this, create that community where you guys can touch in with each other, other shift workers at your, at your office, what are tips and tricks that they're using? How are they feeling throughout the thing? I think it's, it's so important to to, um, like I said, it can be a very lonely experience and a very lonely feeling. And, and I've seen such an effect of that um, mm-hmm. more so than anything with shift workers. So creating that community around you that you can talk, watching meals too, you know, don't eat that large meal right before you know you need to go to bed. So, you know, timing uh, the size of meals and, and the, the amount of meals throughout the day or throughout your shift. Um, typical sleep hygiene stuff, it's just kind of rearranged really.
1: Yeah. And a lot of people think, well, I, if I had that snack or that big meal, it helps me sleep. It, it causes your insulin levels to go up. You go crashing yeah. down and you fall asleep on the crash, but you never get that good sleep, that, damp, that deep and that REM sleep that you need at the end of the day when you do that. Well, it's because your body, your body, like we want our body to just focus on sleeping
0: well at night. So yeah. things like eating large meals before we go to bed, our body is busy digesting that meal. When it's not, when it's, it it can only work on one thing at a time. So, what it's going to be busy digesting that meal, not sleeping well. If we're drinking a lot of alcohol before we go to sleep. So, some people will say, well, that glass of wine helps me fall asleep. But as your body is breaking down that alcohol, you know, a few hours later, that's going to cause more fragmented sleep throughout the night as well. This is not me saying don't have a glass of wine with dinner because I understand the joys of that. Right. But again, if you're an individual who is struggling with sleep, that might be a step that you might want to take is limit your alcohol consumption uh, in the evening hours. Yeah.
1: What about age and things like menopause? Is that like a, is that a sleep quality sleep environment sleep thing? Like, or is that a hormonal thing? Like, just do you need less sleep when you get older? What's the deal with that?
0: All of the above.
1: <laughs> as a woman who is
0: entering that stage herself, all of the above. Listen, there's so much going on in our body. So hormonally, absolutely, that is going to play a role in how well or not well we're sleeping. You know, for someone who is, um, you know, prior to menopause, I mean, we as women just go through different hormonal shifts throughout the month. That doesn't allow us to sleep well or allows us to sleep a little bit better. But as we're going through perimenopause and menopause and postmenopause, there's huge shifts going on in our body. Mm-hmm. um that is is not going to allow us to sleep perhaps as well as we once did not to say that you can't again because you absolutely yeah. can but yeah. this is a time to really focus I would say on stress management for sure mm-hmm. um because I mean life is stressful like yeah. we're just huge <laughs> stress bundles of stress <laughs> all <Always>. right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes. Yes, um, yes. especially when we're at that age right you know and again I don't want to downplay men I don't want to downplay younger women but there, yeah. it, is, so, it is a thing. Yeah, it is absolutely a thing. So this is when you want to focus on your sleep hygiene. You want to again speak to your doctor, speak to your um your gynecologist or your or a naturopath on, on um hormonal supplements if need be, um, yeah. or any kind of supplement uh, if you're going through we also suffer from more deficiencies in in vitamins and things like that and minerals yeah. as we're getting older. All of that stuff plays a role, okay. right? For sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So uh, I have two questions. I have two questions left. How long is it going to take for me to get better sleep? Is this something that you should notice instantly if you're making these changes? Is it something that's going to take weeks, a month? Like, what's that? What's a time frame? I I did everything that Alana said, and I still sleep like crap. Like, what's what's the time frame? Like, you know, it's like people, I'm doing everything you're saying. My am not moving. I'm like, whatever. And I'm like, "Yeah." yeah, it takes time. Like does it? You talk about the body's, you know, it's this circadian rhythm, and 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 there's a lot to reset. Probably you're reworking and resetting your sleep patterns. I would imagine. Um, I, I'm not. I don't want to speak for you, but I, I'm assuming that takes time, no? Or is this should be an instant? One hundred percent. Yeah, you know, it's it's. I love this. Is a great question because
0: it's something that I always like to talk about. Is that. We have to view, let's say you're you're taking some tips that I mentioned today and you're like, okay, I'm going to put together a sleep plan and this is what I'm going to work with, right? It's the same as your meal plan. It's the same as your program plan. It's the same as any work plan that you put together. We're not just going to do it for two days. We're not going to go to the gym for two days. We're not going to do your meal plan for two days and see the results that we want to see. It takes time. A yeah. lot of what I talked about a lot, a lot about what we a lot of what we spoke about today is changing habits right mm-hmm. It takes 21 days to change a habit. So same with your sleep plan you can't just apply all of these tools and expect to see results in two nights. Now yeah. you might it could yeah. happen um, especially if maybe you're not struggling as much but yeah. you know I always say give yourself at least three weeks to see to see the results provided you're consistent like as you know, consistency is everything right yes, So provided yes. you're
1: consistent you will see results. Amazing. The other one is um, so stick with it, stick with it, keep working. Yeah, stick with it. Definitely worth it. Um, consistency, I love that. It's my one of my favorite words. It's not, yes, it's it's not pro and it's progress over perfections. I'm being perfect about it all the time. It's just like keep continue to work at it and habits, creating those new habits. Um, let's talk about Fitbits and you know, monitoring your sleep. Are are you a fan of those or no? Like on our app, you can track the amount of sleep that you're getting because I think it's important to recognize the number of sleep that you're getting in conjunction with everything that you're doing, but what about like those, those apps where you put your phone beside you or you're wearing something? Are you a fan of those? How do you feel? So I have a, I
0: have a mixed, mixed reviews of those. I feel like if you really want your sleep properly monitored, the best thing that you could do is you need to have a proper EEG study. So this is when they are monitoring. This is what you would do if you're having a sleep study done at a sleep lab or sleep clinic. Okay. Where they're monitoring your brain waves, brain waves. They're monitoring your breathing, your snoring, your limb movements, all of those things. Yes, I think that we're not quite there yet with the Fitbits and the Apple Watches and things like that. I think eventually we will get there. So I've seen two things happen. One, this, the reasons why I do like these devices. I don't personally wear one myself, but the ones that we, the reason why I do like these devices is it's starting to allow people to focus on their sleep health, which I think is so important, right? We need to put more focus on our sleep health. It's starting the conversations between friends and things like that. Amazing. The side of it that I don't like is I don't, everything we've talked about today, I also want to make sure that you don't become hyper-focused on your sleep health um, and hyper-focused on making these changes because that in itself can heighten any stress or anxiety you have, um, which is not going to allow you to sleep well. So take the information you're getting from these, these, these devices with a grain of salt. It's not, um, it's not as, um, concrete as you think it might be.
1: Okay. Cause people were like, how much REM sleep do I need? How much deep sleep do I need? How much this sleep do I need? And like, like really are they even, it's like, it's like those scales, right. That tell you how much yeah. body percent fat, like really, I don't know that I believe in them because unless you're doing like the underwater, like style, yeah. it's not really, it's not going to
0: give you the most accurate
1: readings that you think it would. So really, like, can we focus on getting more REM sleep or more deep sleep? Or is it just like really just focus overall on getting the best quality sleep? And we don't really have a choice. It's just it comes, it comes, it goes, it goes. Like, what's the deal on that?
0: I just want individuals to focus on getting good quality of sleep. Like, I would rather you get four or five hours of quality sleep than seven or eight hours of junk sleep. And junk sleep is going to be something where you're sleeping against your natural clock, where you are you know eating a huge meal before you go to bed where you're drinking lots of wine before you go to bed when you're um you know not having that physical movement in when you're in front of those bright screens like focus more on just getting good quality sleep okay. however many hours you can get yeah I would prefer you to do that always uh, yeah and going back to I think this um just because I know we're wrapping up one thing that when we we're talking about that the sleep plan and how long it's going to take you have to understand that motivation comes from action often we think that We have to be motivated to do the action when it's really the other way around. You have to do the action in order to become motivated. So, right. And the same with your plan, right? You have to take the action to see the results, which will then allow you to become more motivated. So um, don't get too hung up on not seeing the results right away. You have to keep doing the action. And when you start seeing the progress, that will in in turn help you become more motivated overall.
1: I cleaned my room. I didn't eat. I kept the lights dark. And my Fitbit tells me that I didn't get better sleep tonight. This is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to quit. I'm going to stop. No, <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Um, I know that people, um, I uh, thank you for your time. We, we've got through a slew of questions. Obviously, we're going to have you back. You're amazing. I definitely want to talk stress with you. Yeah. I think that could be a whole other conversation. I mean, and stress and sleep are so it's a, they're all connected that's why you know 100%. even when we're talking stress we have that you know um stress and uh, share page and meditation and all that so i definitely want to have you back talk about that but where can people find you because i know i follow you on instagram you're always giving some great tips and i have kids too so i benefit from from the tips that you get for everybody in the family but where can they find you what if they want to work with you do you have a website do you have any like just for the sake of people listening right now too who don't have access to the post
0: so you can find me at goodnightsleepsite.com. That is our website. I'll share all the programs that we have for all ages. Um, Instagram at GN Sleep Site. Okay. I also have a podcast called "This Girl Loves Sleep," where you can oh, download. Nice. Yeah, wherever you wherever you get podcasts, you can download. Um, okay. I am in the in winter twenty twenty three putting together a stress management program, so it'll be focused on sleep, stress, and recovery, because um, wow. stress plays such a huge role in how we're sleeping. So that's being worked on presently,
1: um, awesome. and will be released in twenty twenty three. Love it. Thank you so much. This has been I I I always learn, I always love learning something new. So I appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time to answer all the questions. I know our members are gonna love it. Sleep is so important in life, but especially in weight loss, your body's making change, you're in the pursuit yeah. of change you know your sleep might be all over the place but keep showing up try to be as consistent as possible with it um i love this so much thank you so much um thanks everyone who is is watching and listening um if you if you want to listen again or share it with friends and family you can share the podcast um that we will get up either later today or tomorrow so you can share with people in your life who will benefit um thanks for everyone for watching thanks Elena and until next time until thanks next for year, having guys. me thank you bye bye <laughs>